All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape. With host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. Hey, what's good, everybody? Presented by Batano. It's the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga joined alongside guest co-host Carter Hutton. What's going on, Hutz? How are you, buddy? Nah, good to be here, buddy. It's a uh, good Monday here. Got the kids back in school. Things are looking up. Yeah, I wish I could say the same thing about the Maple Leafs. The sky is not falling, <laughs> you can believe. The, the sun came up today, right? There's a lot to talk about with this team over the last 48 to 72 hours. We got a pretty big call up, but do anything interesting this weekend or what? Nothing too crazy. <clears throat> Keeping busy here is my son's birthday. So we had birthday party after birthday party, family stuff. I was went to this game place last night. It was nuts, kids everywhere. Everyone jacked up on sugar. So, you know, I was trying to play defense there. Not like Klingberg, trying to play a little bit better than that. Ooh, shots fired already. Uh, key question, is your is your son attendee as well? Only in the basement right now. He's only six, so he, uh, but he loves goalie. And I... I'm not sure if I'm ready for that, buddy, after the abuse I've taken, the mental strain, but uh, he loves it. I honestly, I'm like a torn hockey dad. Like I want him to be good, but I also, I feel like I'm scarred from playing for so long. I'm just want him to be happy and whatever he wants to do, I'll back him. But uh, hopefully he uh, likes to score goals more. Yeah, that, that's the hopeful thing. I always wonder what possesses people to have their kids play uh, tender, man. It's just a tough position, as you very well know. And it just it, it reminds me a lot of like Ilya Brizgalov, man. His kid was a goalie and he wore the same equipment. So if your son does, become a goalie like he's got to look like a miniature you right oh yeah i think so he'd have the matching style and it's hard when we play in the basement like mini sticks or whatever and he goes in that he has all the street hockey gear i'm like constantly showing him how to do it and like my wife's always just like what are you doing don't do that like she would know it's nothing to do with it either but he seems to love it so we'll see what happens yeah, I could see it happening just because uh, he wants to be like his old man right so uh we'll, we'll look forward to that in what uh 15 years from now 2040 uh, Little Hutton's going to be a Maple Leaf, right? Yeah, well, he'll go anywhere. But yeah, if the Leafs need a goalie, you never know. He might be better than what they got right now. Eh? You never know. I uh, I went in my time capsule. Yeah, they're going to need a goalie in 2040 because this team <laughs> never has a, a a stud goalie for some reason. Oh, uh, Joseph Wall could be a different conversation. But let's get to the big news of the day off the top. And again, a lot surrounding this team. We're going to dive into Saturday night's game. Um, since last we talked on Friday, they had a closed door meeting. I want to get your thoughts on that. But uh, Nick Robertson getting the call up today. It is go time for Nick Robertson. Sounds like he's going to play on the third line. 11 points in nine games for the Marlies. Your thoughts? 
He's a good player. You know, obviously he can put the puck in the net, but I feel like he brings another intangible that it's been lacking a bit with these big guys is he's relentless on the puck. He works hard. He is in the tough areas and he goes and he goes and he wants this opportunity, right? He's, he obviously hasn't been to where he needs to be yet for the Leafs in that sense. Right. But it's hard with those top six, right? It's hard to really get that chance. So I feel like if he starts developing a little bit better on the other side of the puck, he's going to get a better chance. And then someone gets hurt. He's going to get on the power play. He's going to be more in the mix. And I like this because like the, the bottom six, like the fourth line and third line, these guys, it's been a bit of a liability and, and they're not producing. They're getting scored on. It's the big dogs are getting the job done. It's the rest of the lineup. That's been, it's been tough. Um, is it an act of desperation though? Is my question, right? I think a guy like Robertson confidence is so big and it's quite clear in training camp. He didn't have much of it, right? He had his opportunities, just couldn't finish. And now it's like another stop, another start, another stop, another start. Like that's been the story of Nick Robertson's early career where I didn't mind him being in the AHL for like half the season to really gain that confidence, to feel good about life. Having said that, Again, 11 points in nine games is good news. It could have easily been like zero points in nine games, right? So the fact that he's producing at the AHL, but I can't help but think it's an act of desperation for a team in dire need of a boost or something here. Something, some sort of spark, right? Because right now this isn't working. You talk about a closed door meeting and you talk about trying to get this team like a Saturday night game against the Sabres when they have Levi in who's been struggling, who they got four on, but like the big dogs are getting it done. Like who at this point would think that Austin Matthews has this many hat tricks and the Leafs are below 500? Right. Like it's just not getting done on the other side of the puck, especially when all all we talked about in the offseason was the grit they added, the, you know, the intensity and all this stuff. And like, where has that been? It hasn't been like there's been spurts of it, but not enough to sustain. That's for sure. Broston Matthews, what I'm calling him now. I don't know if you saw this <laughs> over the weekend. Somebody threw their bra in the ace for the Hattie. His third Hattie of the season. Like this guy is insane. And uh, I don't want to, I don't know, maybe a D cup, maybe G cup. I don't know. Yeah. That, but, thing's no joke. Um, that I was going to ask you like thinking about it all weekend. Is there a moment in your career where something crazy like that happened? I know it's not that crazy, but like we've seen it before. It's been used material at this point, but something uh, along those lines, anything happened in your career like that? Not like that coming. That thing must have came down like a parachute too. Nice and slow. I <laughs> give everyone a look with those things on there. And uh, no, honestly, just like stupid situations you've been in where you're at like an event or someone like, some woman's had too much to drink and she wants you to sign her tits or something like stupid, like uh, nothing like crazy, right? Something you're, you're kind of always in character too, when you're at those events, right? It's like, you're not really, you're being yourself, but you're kind of guarded. And uh, that was yeah. like, like, or like kids getting you on to sign your forehead or something stupid, but nothing crazy. Like that's, that's hilarious. I love it. So I don't know if that was planned or what, but that was good to see. Imagine being Austin Matthews. Like the guy's a rock star. All he does is just score and score and score. And like, that's the unfortunate part about that game on the weekend. He gets his third Hattie of the season. He's got 11 tucks on the year. He's gone pace for what? 82 goals this year. And we're talking about another loss, which uh, of course we're going to get to, but I also want to get your thoughts on, they had a meeting, they had a conference. I don't know what the fuck it was on Friday. I think it's embarrassing to begin with, but like everybody was involved supposedly and they talked about how they weren't crazy about the reaction. Man, it's Groundhog Day. I talked about this on Friday. Like it's it's the same old conversation with this team, but what was your your take on A, the Marshawn play, B, the lack of response and C, the fact that they had to talk about it in a closed door environment? Like these closed door meetings get so much talk. It's crazy. It's such fluff. Like it is like this shit's going on all the time as professional hockey. Like they understand the magnitude of it. Like you think no one on the Leafs is fucking stressing right now though. That's playing other than the guys that are trying to stay in the lineup, like the big dogs or whatever. They always seem to do this too, right? It, it goes south and then they go on this crazy run and we're like, they're, they're winning the cup again. So mm -hmm. I, I don't stress over that. I do hate the reaction to the, to the Marshawn play. Like it's a dirty play. Like I don't give, it's a, I, those kind of plays really piss me off because those are like career ending plays. I'm all for a clean check or something's going on or like the game happens fast. I get that, but that's an intentional play. And those are games that like, especially for me, like I messed up my ankle on a play where a guy landed on me. And then that pretty much was the end of my career, right? I could never come back from it. It was different. I was like 36 years old. Lilgren has a lot of game left in him, right? So you never know. High ankle sprains could be terrible. And just no one jumping in. It's it's not just on Ryan Reeves. It's on everybody. It's on like, are is this team going to get down in the mud and are they going to dig in for each other, right? Like, and I, I just feel like that's missing. There's just no, it doesn't matter who you are. Even if you're not a fighter, you're grabbing them, you're doing something. Show me some sort of life. Show me something. 
Yeah, they really play like individuals. It, it, it's so unfortunate, and I won't lie. We did a show on Friday, and Rosie was Rosie, and a couple clips went viral. He called out Tavares. He called out Bertuzzi. He called out pretty much everybody on that roster. And I know that everybody wants to play the blame game and point the finger and, like, Ryan Reeves, and I get that. But it's like it seems to be the same old story every year. And to me, there's, like, one, you know – glaring thing that that stands out and it's the nucleus it's always the same core players that are involved in this conversation and I always say like it's I'm not endorsing these guys to go out and scrap but at least like show something out there where it's like nobody even with went within you know six feet of Brad Marchand he skated by the bench John Tavares is looking at his feet like it just it, it really really is scary problematic when people think this team is legitimate can win a cup and they very well can with with sort of the talent and the, the skill level on that roster. But then you see moments like that. You're like, man, like that happens in the playoffs. Like I brought up the point right away last week on the show. Well, two things. The Felino one from a couple of years ago on Perry on, on JT where it wasn't an illegal hit or anything. But Felino said, you know what? We're dancing. And whatever you feel about Nick Felino at that point in his career being a Maple Leaf, he's the guy who would step up for the teammates. I'll always respect that. And then the other one was the the Braden Point one from the playoffs last year where there was a line brawl after, even if it was the playoffs and there's higher stakes. There's just no response. Like the give a fuck meter seems to not be there sometimes. Yeah, it's tough, right? Especially I feel like these guys just take off during games too. You'll watch a period and you'll be like, wow, they're playing really well. And then the next period, there's it's non-existent. And, and that is to me like a culture thing. I agree. Like you need guys that are going to respect for everybody. I've played for some big leaders that led by example, or like you were almost scared to follow the line. Like I remember when I, when I played in Nashville three years, Shea Weber as our captain, Mike Fisher, Pecker, these guys, like you didn't fuck around. Like it was when, when the game was on or you just stayed in line. Like if something was going on, you were all in. Cause you were more scared to come back to the be- your own bench and get shit on by a guy. So you were in the wall and you're sticking up for each other. And it's something that misses it. And it's contagious, right? It starts with culture. And for me, I, as a professional athlete in an NHL or like we get perks, right? Like there's a lot of things that come with it and the Leafs are unlimited, right? Like you go mm-hmm. into their locker room, their training session, everything is under the salary cap. They have to spend a certain amount of money. Other than that, it's free reign. And they're like at the top, they spend as much as you want, but I feel like you've coddled these guys for so long. Like, where is that? Like you need some sort of like motivation, something, take something away, make it harder on them, make them grind. Like, Played in St. Louis, who has a smaller budget, like they won the cup and they had a bunch of guys that just believed in it. They bought in. You have that. Like, where do you get that from here? It's it's tough and it's it's tough to watch because they have so much talent. They do. And I I am a firm believer. I know everybody in the entire sitting seems to be piling up on Brad Tree Living and the moves he made. And like I think it's hilarious and borderline crazy. And anybody who's watched this show in the first year of existence knows I'm as cynical as anybody else when it comes to this team, the personnel and I hold people accountable. Like, I think it's egregious to make decisions and formulations on guys like Domi, guys like Bertuzzi. I get it, Klingberg. Like, he is what he is. Reeves, he is what he is. But I think it is way too early to say, hey, Bertuzzi's not going to work out. Domi's not going to work out. Like, let these guys cook a bit. And to that point, I think eventually they will figure things out here. And when they do, I think that type of player could be contagious up and down a lineup where it's like the next guy looks and says, you know what? Saw Bertuzzi do that. You know, I saw Domi do that. I'm going to jump in there. I'm gonna, I really think it's contagious. And I do believe in what they put forth here. Yeah. I think it's going to take some time, right? It's an adjustment going to any team, right? Most guys have little slumps when they come in and it is just that it doesn't seem like it's just like I had my guy, right? Like the, the stars are like, well, I scored. I like, we still lost, but I, I had my guy, I got a hat trick. I did this. I did, but it's like, at what point does it just prioritize winning? No matter like putting yourself and your stats and other things to the wayside for like, what's good for the team. And it doesn't feel that way there. It feels very just like, like Nylander, he's a superstar, right? I get it. He's on his own page. He's a stud. Like, but who's yeah. going to drag that guy into the fight? Like you talk about like Rosie going off about Tavares. Like, is he, is he, lead, is he dragging these guys into the shit with him? Like, let's go, let's get in the mud. Let's it's Saturday night at home. And like, for me, the perfect exact, like we're going to talk about it, but like they tie it up and then they go get scored on. I know. Like, like it's, it's, it's crazy that like that can't happen, especially on a goal where it's like, if you watch it, five guys are just puck watching. Like nobody's actually playing defense in like a big game, a game worth, you know, things, ah, it's just frustrating. I think it gets, it's like the rinse and repeat, right? 
Uh, yeah, exactly it. Um, Groundhog Day, it always feels that way with this team. But again, let, let us point out that this happens quite frequently um, the last couple seasons specifically. And I'll go over the numbers later on, but uh, they're very, very eerily similar. And I, I think sacrifice is the word I would use with this team right now. At the Leafs Nation 401, uh, where you could subscribe on YouTube if you're watching right now and our first time listener or watcher, welcome at the Leafs Nation 401. If you want to watch us 24-7-365, please do so at the Leafs Nation 401. Again, available wherever you find your podcast as well. Just search Leafs Morning Take. Uh, brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners slash viewers can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's NATION25. NATION25 is in uppercase, by the way. Please note the offer is currently only valid in Canada. Subject to change. And terms apply. So the Buffalo Sabres 6, the Toronto Maple Leafs 4. And yeah, that was a huge takeaway. And I think you have to credit the Sabres for a response. But it really felt like the Leafs shot themselves in the foot on Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree, right? Even you look at some of the goals, like I, I don't think Wall was bad by any means. Like you let Jeff Skinner walk down to the ladies' tees and just bomb one, <laughs> right? Like that's... Yeah. And then you give Tage Thompson gets a breakaway. Like Tage Thompson's usually scoring on anybody, right? It squeaks mm-hmm. in, but still it's like, these are guys that score goals. The other one's a screen. I think it's a set play, right? Paterka shoots it, Ocposo screens, but like he's trying to find the puck, lots of traffic. Again, you let him have like so much time to make a clear shot. And then the the fourth one is like the one that frustrates the heck out of me. Comical. Like... Honestly, especially after a big answer, like that's where it's like the crowd's going, everybody's into it. And then you let that be your response is, is tough, tough pill to swallow. And I know they're going to get going. I like, I, I believe like it's just a repeat, but it's hard. It's hard when you see stuff like that to not like have doubts about like the future, right? Like in the playoffs, what's going to happen? Is this, this team again? Right. And it's, uh, it's tough to watch. I just wonder about the fortitude of the goaltender, like Joseph Wall in that game makes 35 saves. And you're right. Like they didn't play a lick of defense in that game. And that's been a theme throughout this season, but just so nonchalant. Like, and we talk about this ad nauseum on this show, like the lack of urgency, the pace, the desperation, it just wasn't there. Like it's, I always put it this way. It's like similar to when you go out and play beer league where it's just like a chill skate, but this is the national league and you're playing an NHL opponent, up and coming team in the Buffalo Sabres. It just, I didn't see that desperation level that you need to win hockey games in this league. No, I agree. And this is a team you want to stomp. Like you want to stomp Buffalo because they have like, I don't think Buffalo is ready yet, but they have some guys, they have some confidence. They, they've have some guys that have like Tage, you have Thompson, you have, you know, obviously Skinner's playing well, Rasmus Dahlin, they're stepping in. They have some young guys coming. Like this is another team in your division. You don't want to give confidence. You don't want them to be like, I can come in. We can come in and run their show Saturday night in Toronto. Like, the, like Toronto's supposed to be the team, right? Let's send a message to them, stomp them out early, make sure that they have no hope, right? But you let teams get confidence, and as the season starts going, maybe they start playing the right way, a goalie gets hot, next thing you know, like, this is another team to worry about. Where you, When you have your chance, you got to step on them. Yeah, you do. And and I think, you know, the numbers are the numbers, and I think the positives are that Matthews gets another hat-trick, and Marner, a very quiet four-point effort, a goal, and three assists, but... You know, coming full circle to the conversation that started this show, they're playing like a team of individuals and not one individual team, if that makes sense. Like, I always like to reference like a Steven Stamkos. What was the story of Stammer's career for like the first 11 years that, you know, he's a great scorer, great player, but never could put it together when it mattered most. And it's pretty surreal, Huts, how that narrative and that image has changed around Stamkos and say the what last five to seven years, right? Yeah, for sure. I think that's something, but that all starts with the culture too, right? Maturity yeah. and like, but is that coming, right? It's hard to be sitting here and watching True. these games and like having that faith. When does it switch? When does that switch come off? When there's like, again, it's, it's insanity, right? It's the same thing over and over and over again. We see it's like there's spurts of it. And then you're like, you lose hope because those are the games they're going to face. These are the kind of hockey games you're going to play off in the, in the playoffs, right? It's not like you get in the playoffs and it just becomes run and gun. It, the refs call it tighter. It's harder. They, it gets checked harder. You look at every team that's won the cup over the last, who hasn't been able to defend their own end? Like mm-hmm. every, you got to be able to defend your own end. And it just, it's tough to watch all the time. I tell you, people are piling up on John Klingberg, and I get it. Um, the move really didn't make sense when they brought him. Uh, he's been okay for the power play, but anybody can run that power play. With all due respect to Klingberg, <laughs> it could be Riley, it could be Eric Gustafson from last year. They're going to get their cookies. They're just way too talented. But he can't play a lick of defense, man. And if you watch the games and you played in this league, like he's better off at forward. I'm not just saying that. Like he, 
He joins the rush every player, odd man rush back the other way. I don't know what they can do to further insulate uh, uh, John Klingberg. I thought the first like couple games were like, wow, this is what we have. Then like game three to seven, they found a way. But now the injuries are piling up and they got to expose this guy a bit, right? I think so, right? And it's it's not like to surprise though, right? Like it's no. not like he was just going to become this rock solid star D-man that's, you know, playing heavy minutes and shutting guys down. And, and there's a reason like he missed his chance to cash his meal ticket, right? And he goes bets on his side. And like, it's not, there's a reason why he's been bouncing around. That doesn't just happen. Teams don't just be like, oh, he's a good defenseman. Let's let him walk for nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. So you get him, you pay him. But like, what did you expect? Right. I guess that's a frustrating part for me. It's kind of like when they reuse coaches, they just reuse, reuse, reuse. Right. He's obviously a serviceable defenseman. Right. He's an NHL guy. He's good. But in the same sense, he's like, is he what we needed? Like, I don't think that no. is what the team needed. No. So it's like, now that you're getting like this, people are pissed off. It's like, well, what did you expect? I don't, I don't get it. I know that like traveling came in late and it's a, it was a tough dynamic this summer with the transition, but like, what did you think you're going to get from him? And I, that's the part where it's like, everyone can shit on him, but like he, it is what it is. Yeah. And I think hindsight's like, it's 2020, like it's the old saying and it's like, oh, it's not working out. Like they should have brought in Gudis or they should have re-signed Shen. Like, it's so easy to say that after the fact right but it was a puzzling decision right like and i I think the thinking behind it not speaking for true living and company that's been the one thing that's been an achilles heel for this team outside of morgan rally who moves the puck right maybe rasmus sandin did a bit gustison did a bit last year but they i think that's the look they wanted a puck mover but the unfortunate thing is this guy plays defense but he can't play like a defense so it's like what's the point right yeah, I agree. When that has been a problem of like protecting your goalies in a sense too, right? Like, yeah, it's not like it's, there's not many nights that you watch a game where like Samson off or we'll get like the night off where it's just like an easy game. It's like you make your five decent saves. The rest are all just easy. Like it's always busy. It's always great A's. It's always breakdowns. It's always breakaways. And it's, I feel like that's where you look at that thing. And I know it's early and, you know, hopefully he can come into it and get a bit better maybe as he adjusts, but he still is who he is, right? It's not like, it's kind of like me late in my career. It's like, I would get a job and they'd be like, when I, you are who you are at that point, you're just trying to sustain who you are, right? It's not like you're going to have like a breakout year when you're that far into your career. It's kind of established, right? That's very rare, you know? So I think that part is frustrating, you know, watching that, especially when it's like, that's not what they needed, but they still went and got it. There's been a lot of questions in the chat today. And I see you regarding Sheldon Keefe, um, because again, the noise is only going to get louder with the losses. They they're winless in four, another big one against Tampa. We're going to preview that coming up, but it's like the definition of insanity. How often do we talk about it with the Maple Leafs? And I think the next card to drop is going to be the coach. Sadly, I don't know when it's going to be. I do feel like since Bradshaw living came to ticking time bomb, it's going to happen eventually. I don't think the extension, I think the extension was irrelevant. It was great for the Keefe family. That's about it. But at the end of the day, if they're reluctant, reluctant, excuse me, to trade one of the big four, the coach is next. That's the way I see it. I don't know if you see it the same way. No, I can see that because, but but again, like, is it gonna? What's gonna matter, right? You're still gonna be have that same core of guys and same shit. Yeah. And he sets he sets guys up for success too. Like even like the fourth line struggling. I, I was I, I listened to a stat there the other day. It was like they're getting the most offensive zone faceoffs out of like any line at like forty nine percent or something, and they're still struggling. Like so, it's what is he's trying to give guys a chance to succeed and get better and and do that. But like you're playing with the guys you got. And at some point, like I, like I've been through lots of coaches on different teams and stuff. Like it's about the guys in the room, man. Like when you can start buying in yourself and the coaches doesn't have to coach you anymore. He's pretty much just like letting the boys go out and play and, and you know how to police yourself and you have that leadership and you have that pushback and you have, I get every night. You can't be on every night, like 82 games. Like there's no chance. No, no way. But in the same sense, there's those nights where maybe your big guys don't have it and your fourth line is just mucking it up and they're grinding and they're getting the crowd into it and then they're forcing teams to ice the puck. And then you're getting your big boys over the line or they're drawing a penalty and you're like dragging them into the game where I just don't feel that that happens in the depth of this team. It's like we just sit back and hope that Matthews Marners can win the game for us and Wool or Sam Snuff can make enough saves because the rest of the lineup is just struggling. Look, I've been saying this for like a year. The onus is on the players. And that's the one thing that really pisses me off about this market is like the blame game. I think the players are the last ones to take the blame. It's Shanahan. It's true living like... And, you know, for lack of a better term, like we knew this civil war was coming. You got the Dubasites now, the, the pro Kyle Dubas crowd saying Bradshaw Living sucks at his job. All these additions, they were terrible. And then you have the other side 
first three games of the season, Brad Living's the best, right? Like, there's going to be no crowd that's happy at the end of the day. There's going to be one crowd that's pissed off, right? And I think it, it's as clear as day that, you know, it like, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. I mean, pardon the cliches here, but the proof will be in the pudding springtime, assuming this team gets in, which they should have another 100-plus point season. If they can't get over that hurdle, you can't keep going back to the well after time, after time, after time with the core four. Like, you, you got to make a substantial change that way, but there has been a reluctancy from Shanahan and company to do so. So ultimately, the finger keeps getting pointed at the GM when it's like pretty clear that they need a, a nucleus change. I don't know if I see it the, you know, differently than other people, though. No, I think that's fair, right? Like at some point, like we said, it's got to go back to that. But like, when does the core four become part of like your decor or your goaltender or your true things that matter in the playoffs, right? Like yeah. you have guys that like, I get these guys can get it done, but like, where is that? Like you look, like look at Vegas last year winning the cup, look at their back end and their goalies, right? Like every goalie, like Brassad played well until he got hurt, right? Yeah. Logan Thompson was good in the play. Obviously he didn't get a chance to play. And then Aiden Hill comes in he's been lights out, but like, is that the goaltending or is that the way that they play defensively? Is that like, you know, cause like I, I led the league in stats one year when I was in St. Louis, right? Everything. I played 35 yeah, games, games, not a big deal. Right. But I was a product of the system, right? Like there was nights in St. Louis where I just had to show up to the game on time. Like it was just like, I would make my four or five decent saves. The rest was predictable. Hockey it was very good. And then when I went to Buffalo, I wasn't, I was still the same goalie, but it was like a free for all. So now you're trying to do so much more. You know, you have to be good. You know that. And then all of a sudden you get away from the game. You get away from what makes you good. It's even harder to play. So I go back to that where I had that year. And then the next year they win the Stanley Cup. Like Bennington comes in and plays well. Is that Jordan Bennington all him? No, it's the product of the system. Like you have to have a team. This is a team game, right? This isn't go play tennis or something. If you want to play by yourself, this is a team game and you need all depth across the board. Yeah, I agree with you like that. It's got to be one cohesive unit and, uh, you know, good on you to bring that up. I mean, you did have a really good year. You got paid big time by the Buffalo Sabres, but you even realize that. And I I still Vegas is a great example because Aiden Hill was like irrelevant to the hockey world. With all due respect to him, he played two and a half great rounds, got a new contract and he's been excellent this year. But I think that's Bruce Cassidy's system. Like it's bigger about that. Then, then it being about Aiden Hill being tremendous and Sean Burke, who we had on this show, who won the cup as the goalie coach there, did a great job. Great job with Montreal too. Like it's coaching. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But I will counter what's saying what, you know, what has Sheldon Keefe produced in his time in Toronto is win after win after win. Like he's been, and that's the spin you'll get from the pro Keefe crowd is that he has one of the best regular season records year after year after year. And it's, it's hard to argue with that, isn't it? I agree. It's tough. Like the stats are there. Right. But I just don't the, the problem with the NHL right now. 
in general, in my opinion, is like you have to play a certain way to get in the playoffs. And yeah. then once you get in the playoffs, you got to play different. a different way. So it's yeah. like, where do the GMs, but they put these rules in place. And then all of a sudden the roughing gets on like lockdown. <clears throat> so now it's like Matthews or Martin. These guys don't have a possession in the offensive zone where they don't have a stick in their hands or they're getting slashed or they're getting where in the regular season, those are all penalties where all of a sudden now it gets so tight. It's like, well, which way do we play? Right. Which I, I think is a bit of bullshit. Like there needs to be yeah. more universally called across the board, whether regular season and playoffs just for consistency sake. And I think fans lose it too, right? You get in the playoffs and you're like, how is not a penalty? But all of a sudden it's a playoffs. It's different. It's playoff hockey. It's like, well, yeah. how do we build a team under a salary cap? That's going to be good in both senses. I think that's a, a tough area as well. The other thing uh, too, is like all these people who want Sheldon Keefe gone. Okay. Who are you bringing in? It's not yeah. going to be Bruce Boudreau. Cause he's wanted to be here for five years and they don't want to hire him. It's is it going to be Joel Quenville for a team who won't even have pursuit of happiness as their goal song? I don't think so. <laughs> Claude Julien, like, and that's the thing in that, you know, people don't think about, okay, you don't want Keefe here. Is there anybody out there who makes sense who can come in and put this team over the top? That's the question. But I, I do think Keefe's on a bit of a leash here. Like if this continues where they're very inconsistent, because we've seen this at the early points of many regular seasons, I do think his job could be on the line here over the next couple of weeks. I agree too, because it's not his, like traveling came in, Keith yeah. isn't his guy, right? And there's yeah. always that, you see that all the time, whether it's GMs, coaches, players, like even sometimes GMs, when they get like other players, it's like they're married to that contract or they like to have this coach. He's, you're really not my guy. So I'm not like married to you. I, I'd rather go down getting a new guy in here and losing my job. And like, at least it's on me. Then yeah. like, going down flames with somebody else that I didn't bring in that I never really had that uh, relationship with or trust, especially a guy that's a veteran guy too, right? He's been around a long time. He's going to know other head coaches. He's going to have relationships of guys that think I, there's got to be other people that are in his ear too about this. You know, what scares the shit out of me. Guy Boucher's on the lease bench and Guy Boucher was a finalist for the job and Mike Babcock got the job in Toronto. We all know what happened. Babcock was going to go to Buffalo. His wife wanted to go to Toronto. They went to Toronto. Guy Boucher was in a hotel and now he's on the bench. So if Keith goes, I, I think it's Guy Boucher. And quite honestly, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I think coaching to a degree is overrated in this league. Having said that, it is a factor. I mean, you look at Boston, you look at Vegas, you look at John Cooper in Tampa, who we're going to see tonight. There are coaches who put teams over the top. And I think if it's not going to be Keith, it has to be a guy who makes sense. It can't be a Guy Boucher. Like it's got to be somebody who you see the hire and you're like, you know what? Makes a lot of sense. Person's been there. Um, you know, they they have what it takes to get this team to that next level. And I I honestly don't feel that way about Guy Boucher. No, I don't either. That's just doesn't move the needle for me at all. I don't know. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of way to like, it's, it's so much different motivating these guys nowadays too, right? Like they're, it's not the same culture as it was. It's, it's not, not. You, you can't motivate guys through fear, man. Like, Puts, they all, get paid after like 50 fucking games, man. It's insane. I know, to me. It's nuts, man. I remember being so scared of my coach and like, so I know. scared of my older players and everything. And not that like certain things in hockey culture definitely needed to change. And I think it changed for the better, but like, yeah, relationship wise, like even my last year in Arizona, I was like, we had a guy that would work the room and like, I, we're like 30 games into the year. And one of the guys that had been on the team the whole year was like, Oh, what's that guy's name that like does the towels and cleans up. And I was like, what the, f like, how don't you know his yeah. name, man? He works here every single day. Like you, yeah. like take some time to learn the people around you and take some interest in like what you're doing. This is more than just like, I struggled with that. I feel like later in my career, like if it wasn't veteran players, you like, you became better friends with like the equipment staff and training staff. Cause like they're more salt of the earth people and people that like, when they talk to me, they're not just sitting on their phone, talk, like take some interest in what you're doing. Right. Where nowadays it's like, well, I got my eight year deal. Fuck whatever. I don't yeah. care. I got my money. I had my guy. I got my points. Look, I'm just going to say this, like find me a team in recent memory. Whose average age was like 23. I know it's a young men's game, but how many veteran squads are winning cups? Vegas, St. Louis, Pittsburgh. It tells you everything you need to know. And I know people out there will say the Leafs are soft. The Leafs are soft. Go watch the rest of the league, man. I think it's a league problem, man. You watch yeah. some of these games and you're like, wow, these guys are soft as baby shit. I don't think it's just the least problem. I know. I just think having that older veteran, it like it yeah. drags guys into it. It just makes guys like, fuck. I look over and I see a 34-year-old guy that's like blocking shots and I know. winning pucks on the wall. Look at Giordano. Yeah, do right? it all. Like he, at least he wears it on his sleeve every night. He yeah. is what he is, yeah. who he is at this point in his career. But like, 
if you don't respect that guy, then you don't have a fucking clue, right? Like he is exactly. just, it's awesome. And imagine you had everybody buying into that level. I get like guys can't do the same thing because you have to play within your role. And if your role is to score goals, you need to be creative and do that. But at the same point, like you have guys like that, like get in there. Like, how don't you see that and like being expired? Like you're getting down after a game and he's like taking off his shin pads after a game and you're seeing like the bruises and welts and the stuff he puts himself through. And it's not for money at this point, right? Like this, he's made his money. Like he just loves hockey. He just wants to win. And that's a guy you could have on my team any day. It's so hard to motivate players, man. Like it's just a different league. And I wish we had the answer to that. And the Leafs would probably have won the Stanley cup, but just motivating (laughs) them has been really, really difficult. But that, that was a great point Rosie made on Friday, like when he called out John Tavares, who's been the staple, the the model of consistency for the Leafs. Who doesn't love John Tavares? But it's like this guy's not a millennial. Like sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get your team going, and and that's the curious part about me is for leadership. Can they stand up and get through this this tough time, if you want to call it for that for the for the Leafs? Uh, the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool is now live. By the way, head on over to DailyFaceoffSurvivor.com where you can create a username and password and start playing immediately. Essentially, it's a season-long NHL fantasy game that runs weekly Monday to Saturday where users will be able to make their selection each day and advance accordingly. Prizes will only be eligible to those users who are a resident in Canada except the province of Quebec. Prizing will vary on Wendy's uh, weekly menu items. Additionally, there'll be a season-long prize of $5,000 up for grabs as well. Again, head on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. That's dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com for more details on how to play as we get set for this game preview here. And it's the Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning, second of four this season. First meeting happening back on October 21st at Emily Arena. 4-3 OT win for the Leafs and JT scoring the winner that night. Ugly game, right? One of these games that like, if Joseph Wall doesn't come over the boards there and play really well, you know, this could be easily slipped to like 5 nothing, and then there's no point to come back, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to be like the turn of the tide a bit. Like just the way, like, you know, sometimes you just need those games where it's like, hey, we were shit. You know, we come out and we, we find a way to win and they they do, but it just hasn't snowballed for them. And it's, it's been tough to watch, right? I think the inconsistency there is tricky and it's a tough ring to win in, right? I think last year having that success in the playoffs, like Nye's obviously getting goal down there, um, getting going. Uh, it's just tough to, to watch. And, you know, coming back at home, like this is a huge game, <laughs> you know, like it's it's crazy to say that, but the way they just played on Saturday night and now Tampa coming into Toronto, like what is going to be their pushback? What is going to be like, do they have an identity? Like, cause I feel like they don't right now and it, it's tough to watch. What do you make of uh, these new lines? Nice Matthews, Marner, Bertuzzi, Tavares, Nylander. We mentioned uh, Robertson's going to get the call up here. Had the call up. He's at the morning skate with Domi and Yarncroke, then Gregor Kampf and Reeves. Do you like that look? I don't mind it. Um, Nice is just good. He's like, honestly, he's going to be a player. And I, I like yeah. getting him in that mix. Um, those guys are buzzing right now. Bertuzzi is just a guy like I, I just need, I know it's still early and he's, he's on a one-year ticket. Like let's, he needs more. He's still making, he's making the most money up front. I think out of all the, out of the big dogs, right? Like he's making 5 million a year. Mm-hmm. It's just like tough. Like you, I just need more than that. I get, if you're not going to score, like you got a couple goals, but like, I need more, I need more bang. I need more grit. Um, I think yarn has been great. I love yarn I played him for three years, very biased to Cal super underrated how skilled he is. Like he, there's a guy that he altered his game to get in the NHL. Cause it was like, if you're not going to be top six, you have to do that, but he can do everything. He's like a Swiss army knife. I love his game. I think he's going to keep rolling. It'll be interesting. Like camp playing with Reeves. Like, I just think Reeves, I, I don't know what to think with Ryan. I love, I love Revo. Um, but it's like, you know, you, you see the truck coming from a mile away. Like the game's so fast now and he just wants to head downhill everything. And I feel like D man just pass it by him and move back up ice. Yeah, it's 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 been tough, right? Every time that fourth line's on, it's it's hemmed in there, and you know that's the concern with them right now. Is like, what do you do? Like, you're you're one of a three year contract with Ryan Reeves, and I think it's becoming abundantly clear that at the very least, he should not be in the lineup every game, right? Like, I think we're at that point where you watch him, and he's like almost a detriment to this team. Yeah, like where and where does he go in the playoffs, right? You think when he was in Vegas, he was scratched all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is he going to be that guy over the top? And like, that's what you're missing, right? Like, I get you need the grit, you need that, and you, you know, you need him to answer the bell sometimes. But at the same time, like, where is this going, right? Like, you have to assume this is a playoff team, right? You're going to get in the playoffs, you're going to get in. Now, where does it go? And is he part of that when the game gets even harder to play and you got to defend and you can't have a guy on the ice that is a liability. And I don't want to say he's a liability because he's not that bad by any means. Like he's a good player, but 
it's tough, right? Especially when the game is just getting faster and faster and faster every time we watch it. Yeah, certainly a thing we're going to be monitoring tonight against Tampa, right? And uh, I, I'm i probably in the minority, but I'm not stunned at Tampa's start. Like, that was the big story out of camp is that Vasilevsky gets hurt. He's going to be on the shelf till American Thanksgiving. And then you look now in this conversation, they're 5-3-3. Three, and three. Like, it just shows you how great of a coach John Cooper is, that system. And Jonas Johansson's like an NHL goalie now. Like, you need guys to rise up sometimes, and we're seeing that from Tampa. Yeah, and and JJ, I played with JJ in Buffalo, and yep. he got a chance to play and a, like a hell of an athlete, right? This kid is can compete, can do everything, but like just was had bad hands, right? But like again, I don't know, was he twenty eight now? So that was four, like he was twenty three, twenty four at that point. He's still young, right? There's still room to grow, and and he's getting more confidence. He can play, and you get plugged into the right system, man. It makes a world of difference, right? I w- I always joke if I didn't start my career like more protected in Nashville, like with a good team, like who knows what happens. You start on a shit team. Like imagine you're starting your career right now and you play for the San Jose Sharks. You're done. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Like who's going to sign you after you give up, you give up 10 every night, right? Like it's tough. So it's like, you know, he had that slow burn. He had more time in the minors to develop. And and now he's, he's reaping the benefits of it. But I also believe like plug and play, like who's going in there that isn't going to do well with the way they play. And that, you know, you just got to get somebody serviceable to get you over the hump. And then you get like arguably the best goal in the world back. That'll be the intriguing thing uh, with Tampa moving forward is like, how legit is that team? But the fact that the Leafs haven't created any separation in the standings from a team like Tampa is, is scary because the Leafs have been pretty much at full strength. And, and you would think Tampa is going to get a boost when Vasilevsky comes back in. But at the very least, what you can do is 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 win these games against them, right? You got four games against Tampa. They took an extra point from Tampa in the first game, winning an OT against, you know, with JT scoring the winner in that game. The, you, you have to get up for these ones. And I think the good thing is, is that the Leafs have played Tampa tough for the last couple of years. But no doubt the Lightning are going to be ready to play in this one. Uh, they're, they're on a bit of a road trip as well. And you look at Toronto, just direly need... A win here like they're they're struggling and they're they're looking for for something in that room right now no i agree and you got to find some sort of spark here especially at home right again I, yeah. I just sometimes these monday games give me like that trap vibe i know it's like you played saturday night it wasn't a win but like the boys probably went out sunday off like you go like now you get up this other team's on the road like when you're on the road it's different right like you don't decompress you're like you're kind of dialed in you're just like grinding yeah. it out right it's always that like travel day home and then the next game at home is the one that always worries me on travel but they need something like they got to get something going here and especially you just lost to a division rival at this point now like buffalo is playing well you're under 500 it's been disappointing like what are you like if it gets ugly tonight i don't know we might see a few jerseys in, on the ice not hats and bras you know what I mean? I wouldn't mind seeing a few bras too, but me too. Me too. <laughs> I, I think, you know, we're getting to that level. I think you you can, the tension is palpable for lack of a better phrase. Like even reading the chat today, people are fired up. They're like, why even talk about Keith's lines? Cause he's going to change them three shifts in, <laughs> which you're probably right. But like, you can just tell like there's unrest and it always seems to be that way this time here. In fact, like I, I was curious, uh, 2021, 22, they started, Six, four, and one. They finished 54, 21, and seven. Last year, started five, four, and two, finished 50, 21, and 11. This year, they're five, four, and two. Like you get the theme, and uh, the analytics community telling me the numbers are a bit different this year. And defensively, they stink. Last year, they weren't as bad defensively the year before. Ditto for that conversation. But I don't care what the issue is. They have to find a way to rectify things because I think it can spiral out of control really, really quickly. Like, not to harp on them, but look what's happening in Edmonton. I mean, you lose a couple and you, you start to feel terrible about yourself. You're not getting the saves and it gets out of control. I mean, you've been in rooms like that, right? Yeah, it's tough, right? And then you start second guessing yourself and you can't play that way. Like, yeah, especially especially in that, right? You have these goalies that are like seem fragile. You Like every time Sammy talks to the media, it's like, oh, I get my eyes. Well, he's like, it's almost like he's playing into it too much. Like just beat it. Don't even talk to him about anything. Just go in your but own man, world. Like, my question is, like, why are they rolling this guy out every time to talk to the media? Like, I was thinking around the league, like, Jake Ottinger doesn't talk after every start. No, don't even let him talk. Don't even, like, exactly. Always, I remember we used to get the, we used to get the option sometimes, or, like, there was times where it would just be like, fuck, I don't want to talk, man. We just got waxed. Like, I'm going to say something I don't mean, or, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, protect him, especially in this market, when it's like, you already know what kind of, it's not like he's new to the team. You know how he is. Like, why are yeah. we exposing him to that? Same thing when you have, well, like, protect these guys so they can get in that state where they're just rolling right like that's how it happens you get into a flow state where it's like 
you just want the games coming, man. Like there's times I remember when I was playing every game, it's like, I didn't even know what goddamn day it was. I was just playing hockey and I was dialed in and I couldn't be stopped, but I wasn't overthinking things. But I've also been on the other side where it's like, I couldn't stop a beach ball. And I was like dreading the next start because I was second guessing myself. And now you're overthinking. And then when someone's got a goddamn microphone in your face every day and they're telling you how bad you are and they're telling you all the things you've done wrong, it's like hard to subconsciously not start let that creep in, right? I know there's social media and there's everything. At least I can stay away from that. I can't stay away from a microphone, someone telling me what's wrong with me. It just feels like a, a giant sewer job. Like, I don't need to hear from Ilya Samsonov after every game, after every start, uh, especially knowing what we know about his past year in Toronto and how we take a lot of what he says out of out of context and stuff like that. I just feel like it's a giant sewer job right now. But hello to everybody in the chat. You guys have been fantastic. Um, at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe if you're watching right now or not subscribe. First time viewers, appreciate uh, the breakdown. Everybody in the chat as well. Uh, Timothy Lilligren banged up. Um, we expected this, but LTIR, high ankle sprain. Um, your thought on that whole situation? Oh, I just hate high ankle sprains. Obviously, that was the one that got oh, me. Suck. Um, yeah. Like, granted, it wouldn't affect, it affects a goalie a little bit different than it would affect a player because you're in your boot and stuff like that. But these things are bad, man. Like, the guy that the guy that did surgery on me works for the NFL. He's like the Bob Anderson. He's like the world-renowned guy. He does everybody. Yeah. The Bills got me in to see him. And he was saying the money that gets pumped in by the NFL, who's like, the biggest business in the world for sports, right? Like yeah. North American, at least is like ankles scare the heck out of everybody. Like these are things that they just don't understand totally in a high ankle sprain. Like all of a sudden he'll train, he'll come back, he'll be healthy and he won't have the same power. won't have the same jump. And then it's all of a sudden, if it goes to a sense where he has to get surgery, it gets scary. Right. And that's why I hate yeah. those plays. Like it's such a bullshit play where it's avoidable. It doesn't need to do that, especially if you're talking about a guy's livelihood, right? It's frustrating, but we'll see how it goes for him. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope for a speedy recovery here. And it's, uh, you know, I actually sustained a uh, high ankle sprain in beer league hockey a couple years ago. The recovery was a bitch, man. Like, it's it's tough sledding to get back to that level where you feel comfortable enough to, like, put weight on it and stuff like that. I know they have the access to the best trainers and all that stuff, but that would scare me, I think, a bit if I'm the Leafs. Yeah, it has to. I, I like they even say like a lot of times you're better just to break your ankle and get a high ankle sprain, right? So same thing happened with me when I had my I had a high ankle sprain. I rehabbed it for six to eight weeks. I just didn't have the same power, and that's when I ended up having to get surgery. And that was like six months I was out, and I, my ankle still is like stiffer. I can do everything on it, but exactly. I definitely lost mobility. Like it's something that I carry with me from my playing days for sure. <laughs> And again, you need some guys to step up in this lineup. It sounds, uh, sounds like Simon Benoit is going to make his Maple Leafs debut tonight. I, I just don't know how to feel about that. I wasn't crazy about the addition to begin with. And we saw him in training camp. Didn't look great. McCabe could be coming closer, which is great. Not much news on Timmins, but like Lagason's been playing. Max Lajoie played over the weekend. Like, And that's a, it goes back to the conversation earlier where unfortunately John Klingberg has to play these minutes where he's being a bit more exposed defensively because they got nobody else who's really done it at the NHL level. Yeah, I just think they're missing that grit, that jump, that guy. I don't know. Yeah. Are we are we missing Michael Bunting at this point? Like the way that he used to just, I know he's a shithead and he would I'm do stuff. Penalties. He, but he dragged guys into the shit with him, right? He yeah. like got guys into the game and he did it and... I don't know, especially not that I miss him by any means, like the stupid stuff, but like, yeah, sometimes you need guys like that. You need guys like Marchant in Boston, right? Like I'm sure his teammates know, like, what are you doing? You idiot. But it, like, it makes you play. It makes you, yeah. no matter what you do, you grit your teeth and you have to play. Way too early for me to make a prognostication or an analysis on Bertuzzi and Domi specifically. Reeves is what he is. I know why they got him more so for the room. They paid him a pretty penny to be in that room. And uh, Klingberg's Klingberg. I mean, he's never been great defensively. I don't know what happened in Dallas. Didn't get his contract. He has not been the same player. I get why he signed in Toronto. Let's run that first power play point. Um, let's get the, the production up there and let's sign a big ticket. I don't know if that, any of that's going to happen. Uh, but there's certainly a lot of questions with this team. I just think people need to chill. Just relax. And I, I'm very seldom am I, am, am I that guy. But I, I just think people are going nuts over 11 games in an 82-game slate from a team that's been consistently a 110 point team for the last three or four years. And if there's one thing we know about Sheldon Keefe, he's a, he's a really, really strong, effective regular season coach. And I think that'll continue here. Yeah. You'd think so. Right. Like, especially with the lineup, right. There's, especially with all the big dogs still in place, they're going to do it. I just like, maybe they creep in this year. Maybe that'll be better for them. Maybe less expectations, the better. Right. And they find their game. It's just tough. It's just tough seeing the no culture and the no pushback. I think for me is the main goal here. I think that's the part that's frustrating the most. 
As Rosie always says, somebody do something. Um, <laughs> this week's player to watch is presented by Covered Bridge Potato Chips. I will go first. Looking forward to Matthew Nyes getting an extended look here in a four-game slate, a four-game week here for the Maple Leafs. Looks like he's going to play with Matthews and Marner this week, which I love to see, and I think he's worthy of that opportunity and will relish that type of role. So Matthew Nyes is who I'm looking at this week, Cuts. I'm going to go, I was going to go with Bertuzzi, but I, I feel like I beat that drum enough today. I'm going to go with Samsonov. <laughs> I feel like Sammy's starting to find his game here a little bit more. Uh, he's looked a lot better to me. I think early on it was a slow start, but that's what you get sometimes from chubby Russians. So it's going to be, uh, <laughs> I think he's finding his game. He's getting his feet under him. And and I think he's going to start to play better and better as, as we settle in here. Go to CoverBridgeChips.com and follow on Instagram at CB underscore chips. By the way, he was the first goalie off the ice in the morning skate. Not surprising. You know, he's had Tampa's number in the past, the last couple of years specifically. And it looks like Ilya Samsonov is going to start tonight. Your thoughts on that? I like it. I think he's, it's time to go and nothing against Wool by any means, but again, he's, he's your guy right now, right? Like I want Wool to push. I want Wool. I think Wool's his growth curve is crazy right now. He's going to be awesome yeah. where I let's push him. And I think Sammy needs to be the guy right now and, and let's get him going. I like it. I like it. Um, we look forward now as well to the Botano wrap up presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19 plus please play responsibly. Uh, anything you're looking at for this Leafs game, I'd probably look at like a nice prop. I'm going to keep hammering Bertuzzi at some point. I think he wakes up. Maybe it's, it's tough to advise that given the way he's played as of late, but I like Bertuzzi in this look tonight. Maybe a Sammy saves prop, but I, I like the Leafs to win this game. Like more times than not, this team has responded in recent memory. They've played Tampa tough. So I think the Leafs win this hockey game too. Yeah, I do too. I think this is a good bet for sure. Um, I don't mind Domi getting off the, maybe uh, any time assist here tonight, uh, yeah. get something going, making plays, especially I feel like he's, he's knocked on the door a few times. He's played well. Um, I, I, I don't mind the team total over for the Leafs here tonight. I just think JJ's good, but like, Coming off that game where they came back against them, there's confidence and and they're going to be buzzing tonight. And especially Matthews, like, oh god, it's insane. Imagine being that good at hockey. Oh, dude, the the guy just can score in his sleep, like he really can. And you know, Johansson like has to be in their minds after what transpired the last. Did they make like 51 saves in that game, dude? I could not believe it. And you talked about the system, and John Cooper's one of the best at it. But like, Jonas Johansson stepping up to make that many saves against the Maple Leafs is so Leafs where it's like they <laughs> they really, really struggle against secondary goalies or like third stringers or fourth stringers or 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 you know Zamboni drivers. So yeah, yeah, I know. I think uh when that Zamboni driver went in and played, I remember I getting chirped all the time every time I lost after like Twitter, people would be like, This is get a Zamboni driver, he sucks. Oh man, it's crazy. Just it seems like that is what happens. It's like you get that off starter, that guy gets hurt, they bring in some guy that's yeah. not very well touted, and he just throws up an absolute gem against the Leafs. Let's hope it doesn't happen tonight because, folks, quite frankly, I mean, it's just game 12 of the year, but it just feels like the Leafs need this one, Huts, big time. So we'll reconvene. Huts is going to be back in the chair tomorrow. Rosie's back on Wednesday, so we'll talk tomorrow. We'll recap this game, okay, bud? Sounds good. Looking forward to it. There you have it. Uh, Carter Hutton, I'm Nick Alberga. Many thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys are fantastic. This chat was rolling. Usually is on a Monday at the Leafs Nation 401 where you can subscribe on YouTube. Just search Leafs Morning Take as well wherever you get your podcasts. We'll pop up. Thanks to all our great sponsors and, of course, producer Aaron Bordado. I'm Nick Alberga. Peace out, everybody. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 